Hey there, folks. Aaron Sherman here, CEO of Phantom EFX. We make the number one slot and casino games for your PC. Number one. Now, how great would it be to hit the tables or slots this weekend in Las Vegas? Can't afford it? Or even if you can, you got to try our games. Now, I know you may be thinking, ooh, a slot game or ooh, a casino game. How real can it be? But you have no idea how real the experience is until you play these games. Whether you want slots, cards, or casino games, we've got it all. And trust me, it's as real as it gets. That's why we're number one, baby. You just have to check out our new games led by Real Deal Slots Blackbeard's Revenge. I'm telling you guys, this game is the ultimate slot experience. It's already number one in its category and it's been made by guys that love slot machines. We also have our brand new casino and card game titles. You can check them out in stores or at PhantomEFX.com. You never have to wager anything on a Phantom EFX game. you got to check out all these great games and all of our other great products at PhantomEFX.com. Ooh, another jackpot! I got another jackpot! Woohoo! Hi, listeners, this is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask me, they could be strategy questions, they could be practical questions about where and how to find a game, um, it could be a question of uh, you, you're coming to Boston and you want to play, we have a uh, an Internet site that you can go to, an address that you can go to, pose your question, and if we use it on the air, you will get a free copy of my book, Winning Low Limit, No Limit, Texas Hold'em. So the site or the address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at houseofcardsradio.com. Info at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me your question or questions. And again, if we use it on the air, you will have one a free book and also if you want we'll use your name and uh you'll have instant fame in the poker world poker players listen up your right to play poker continues to come under attack but with over one million members the poker players alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great american pastime even if you've never played a hand of online poker the poker players alliance is fighting for you no matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized, and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Good evening, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams. And if I sound even more excited and animated than I normally do, there's a good reason. It's because of the guest that we are devoting our entire show to, our entire show except for the Phantom EFX mailbag, that is. But the entire show is devoted to talking with professional poker player and spokesman for the Poker Players Alliance, Andy Block, a fantastic guest Lots of interesting stories, and I'm sure you will enjoy listening to him and me have a dialogue about what's going on with legislation right now. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back with Andy Block, and then we'll have the Phantom EFX mailbag to close out the show. Stay tuned. I'm attorney Bob Ahern. I've been a personal injury attorney for the last 18 years. Over that time, my law office has represented thousands of people who have been injured as a result of someone else's fault. We've handled personal injury cases involving car accidents, motorcycle accidents, dog bites, trip and falls, medical malpractice, wrongful death, defective products, and assault and battery claims. Our mission is to be an aggressive advocate for you so you can maximize your recovery. We also strive to provide honest, frank, and straightforward legal advice so you can make the best decision about your claim. 
We have two convenient offices in Quincy and in Marshfield. Don't wait any longer. Call today. Get the personal attention you deserve for the personal injury you didn't. Call 617-773-8890. That's 617-773-8890. Or visit our website, attorneyahern.com. Great moments in history. In 481 BC, the defeat of the Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. As long as Xerxes doesn't find the secret path to the hot gates, what is it, boy? Xerxes has found the secret goat path to the hot gates. Ah, shit! In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Hey there, folks. Aaron Sherman here, CEO of Phantom EFX. We make the number one slot and casino games for your PC. Number one. Now, how great would it be to hit the tables or slots this weekend in Las Vegas? Can't afford it? Or even if you can, you got to try our games. Now, I know you may be thinking, ooh, a slot game or ooh, a casino game. How real can it be? But you have no idea how real the experience is until you play these games. Whether you want slots, cards, or casino games, we've got it all. And trust me, it's as real as it gets. That's why we're number one, baby. You just have to check out our new newest games led by real deal slots blackbeard's revenge i'm telling you guys this game is the ultimate slot experience it's already number one in its category and it's been made by guys that love slot machines we also have our brand new casino and card game titles you can check them out in stores or at phantomefx.com you never have to wager anything on a phantom efx game you got to check out all these great games and all of our other great products at phantomefx.com Ooh, another jackpot i got another jackpot woohoo Poker players, listen up. Your right to play poker continues to come under attack. But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides. But we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love. Hey, you serious about poker? Then winning 7-card stud by Ashley Adams is a must-have for stud players of all levels. In winning 7-card stud, the World Series of Poker Veteran takes you through a series of lessons and strategies designed to make you a better player in all phases of your game. The techniques of betting, what cards to play, how to read the other players, the art of bluffing. You'll learn to master them all. Winning 7-card stud by professional poker player Ashley Adams. Available at Amazon.com. Hi, listeners, this is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask me, they could be strategy questions, they could be practical questions about where and how to find a game. Um, It could be a question of uh, you're coming to Boston and you want to play. We have a... uh, an internet site that you can go to, an address that you can go to, pose your question, and if we use it on the air, you will get a free copy of my book, Winning Low Limit, No Limit, Texas Hold'em. So the site or the address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at houseofcardsradio.com, info at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me your question or questions. And again, if we use it on the air, you will have won a free book. And also, if you want, we'll use your name and uh, you'll have instant fame in the poker world. You're listening to the House of Cards. Poker. 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 I shall give it to you in a word. Poker. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, We are truly fortunate to be joined this evening by one of what I think we can I can say fairly is one of the giants 
of the poker world today. Uh, we're going to be talking with Andy Block, and Andy and many other professionals are on a mission, as am I, which is to overturn the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act, known as the UIGEA. But before we get to Andy, I just want you to get some sense of his background, because it's quite extraordinary. He's not the stereotypical poker player. He's an MIT graduate, a Harvard Law School graduate. He started as a professional blackjack player on the MIT blackjack team, made famous by the book Bringing Down the House in the movie 21. He's also what I refer to as a mensch. He uh, makes significant contributions to charity, both through his work organizing and participating in charity tournaments, and also as his role as a professional on Full Tilt, donating all of his winnings to charity. And now he is at least a part-time lobbyist on behalf of the interests of all poker players. He's joined with me now. Andy, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Good. Okay, I didn't put you to sleep with the introduction, I hope. <laughs> no, no, it's quite flattering. Thanks a lot. Well, I, I think, uh, if anything, I left out a lot of stuff about all the dozens and dozens and dozens of final table appearances in major tournaments and World Series appearances and your uh, second-place finish at the inaugural $50,000 horse event uh, made famous by you and Chip Reese dueling to a final. But enough about that. I want you to tell our listeners what's been going on with Poker Week, which I guess is the poker player uh, alliances, poker players alliances attempt to influence legislation in D.C. I understand you're in D.C. now, is that right? Yep, I'm still in D.C., one of the hangovers from the uh, Poker Week. And, um, you know, we all, the poker players and poker enthusiasts, all descended on Washington, D.C. Um, the events began on Monday with with a hearing, and then we uh, had, a, had, a, had a meeting with, uh, with some remarks from um, some Congress people, and and then we all the next day we all hit hit Capitol Hill, and all told in the two days we had I think uh, something over a hundred meetings with lawmakers and their staff. And let me ask you, Eddie, you originally hail from New England, I guess, uh, Massachusetts and Connecticut. Did you visit Congress people by specifically by your own geography, or did you just spread uh, spread out kind of at random? How did you decide whom to see and whom to talk to? Well, they had uh, 33 or 38 uh, state directors from the PPA here, and they all concentrated on their own areas, their own states. Um, unfortunately, the uh, Connecticut state director had an emergency in the last minute and couldn't make it. So since uh, I have uh, have a lot of contacts in the state, I filled in for him and uh, went and visited uh Almost all of the Connecticut state delegation, the five congressmen, and two uh, senators. So you met with Christopher Dodd? I met with his his staff. Well, can you tell our listeners, and I know that you are well rehearsed on this topic, but just to give our listeners a good primer on what the PPA argument is, what typically would you say to an aide to a congressman or a senator about our position on legalizing and making access to poker on the internet easier? Well, of course, we tailor our arguments a little bit based on the congressman and the positions we know they take, but I mean, it really is ultimately a question of uh, freedom and liberty, that, uh, the, that citizens should have the right, adults should have the right to play, if they want to play low-limit poker on the internet at their in their home, the government shouldn't be going um, and stopping them from doing that. I mean, just because a few uh, adults might have problems with it, or it's something that we don't want children to do. Doesn't mean that the ninety-nine percent of the rest of us that want to do it should be prevented from doing so. Boy, you've got me sold. And uh, what reception did you get from uh, Congress people? Well, I we got a lot better reception than we did when we did this almost two years ago. Um, we had a lot of the meetings I went to, a lot of mixed results. Congressmen were a little bit more reluctant to throw their support behind us, not sure not sure how both the uh, their constituents feel about it and, um, you know, how practical it was. And once you educate them and make them realize that um, there are a lot of safeguards possible for playing online, people, there's almost no stories, really, of people that go and lose their house from playing poker online. Um, it just doesn't really happen that way. The average person... You know, it's going to lose like five, ten dollars a week um, 
or, or even less. You can play at really low limits. And when you make all these arguments and you open up the, uh, the, the eyes and ears of the person you're talking to, whether it's a staff member or the congressperson, and a lot of times you'd rather talk to the staff member because once you convince them, they'll keep on, they'll, they'll basically usually be able to uh, convince the congressperson that that's the right thing to do. Did They're you- the ones that are going to go and follow up and what you do, if you go and you have a talk to a congressperson, they're going to think about it and then pass it off to a staff member to go do some research anyway. So um, you need to. It's usually good to talk. You usually end up having to talk to both the staff and the congressperson, the senator or the representative. So um, you know, this time, I mean, there were a couple of meetings we went into, not really knowing what to think, and the congressman or their staff said, "Yep, he or she is definitely." Uh, supporting us, or, um, you know, some people that were, were almost definitely against came out and said they're, they, they support us for a poker-only bill, uh, a skill games-only exception. And, you know, as a poker player, that's what we want. You know, as someone who's, you know, libertarian-minded, it's hard to, well, there are obviously arguments you can make, but it, it'd be nice if you were still free to go and bet on um, a sports or bingo if that's what you like, like to play online. Now, um, the, the NFL is pretty much against any uh, sports betting online, so you know, that is not going to happen. Any bill that gets passed will have uh, will will keep sports betting illegal online. And um, but you know we're looking um, forward to pushing the argument that poker, even if you want to ban casino games, poker isn't like other games. It's a fair game. You're playing against other people, in a fair fashion, there's no house that has a built-in edge, and um, it's a game of skill, one where skill matters in the long run, and there's a lot of benefits to that. And there's a lot of people that get a lot of enjoyment out of it that might not be able to go and make their way into a casino to play poker. They might not be able to afford it either. You can play for $0.05, cents, $0.10 cents online, um, and you can never play for the, that low limits in a casino. Well, I think the argument is clear, and I also think you probably have uh, a hidden uh, argument to make, which is almost every person you're talking to at some time or another has probably played poker for money, uh, even though it's probably technically illegal. So they're being hypocrites if they don't allow people to play poker on the Internet, which uh, is such a simpler and easier way to play than having to try to find a casino or a legal poker room. Yeah, I would say definitely. And some, a couple of times we're talking with a staff member, and the staff member said, hey, I play poker, I like playing poker online, and I'm for you guys. I just have to go, and uh, I can't come out and say that's the official, my official position because, you know, that's, he, they're just a staffer. So, you know, fortunately we do have, I think that's one of the reasons why people are really paying attention. So many people play poker, and, um, that, and it's important to them, to a lot of people, that they can continue to play poker online and that it's easier for them to play poker online and safer, and they they know that there's um, regulations in place, so they they won't they can be sure that they're going to get paid and they're going to get a fair treatment. And you know it makes a lot of sense also because the government can tax it, and um, if not necessarily tax it directly, at least indirectly, and get some of the income from it, bring the, the corporations back to the United States and have the sites run from the United States and the jobs related to it here in the United States instead of overseas. That's a very good argument that I don't think we even think about enough. I mean, why would a company that's trying to deal with the multi-million person U.S. market locate in Isle of Man or in uh, Antigua except for the fact that they're not allowed to operate here? Clearly, they would want to have a base of operation in the center of the United States Poker Universe, if they could legally do so, and that would help employ people in all sorts of ancillary, computer-related, uh, cl- clerical, technical industries. I don't know how many people would be employed, but it, anybody at this point would help with the horrible unemployment problem we have. I think that's a very good argument. Um, I have right. a, a couple of technical questions about this, and I, I guess could you tell our listeners where are things now? What needs to happen next? Right. Well, um, in 2006, as you mentioned, uh, Congress snuck in the 
U-I-G-E-A Act. I can't even pronounce it. I just call it the Ouija Act. Um, and <laughs> you, can good... tell, you can tell a law was rushed through when there's not a good acronym for it. So um, it was snuck through in the middle of the night, the last night before Congress went on bait break to go and campaign, and people pretty much felt they had to vote for it without even reading the, uh, the whole bill because it was a port security bill that it got attached to, and they wanted to look like they were doing something to uh, combat terrorism. And what happened is that that law doesn't didn't really change what was legal or illegal. It just made it a crime for banks to um, transfer money um, from an online gambling site. But the, actually, not from to an online gambling site. It actually doesn't um, talk about withdrawals from an online gambling site. And it didn't say what it was an illegal online gambling site. So, um, but it left that up to the regulations to specify what was going to happen. Now, in the midnight hour last year, the end of Bush's um, Bush's presidency, they promulgated these regulations um, for that go along with the UIGEA. And one of the bills is trying to delay those and clarify those regulations and um, so that... Uh, um, and, and hopefully so that the poker is not going to be excluded based on those regulations. Because right now, the regulations basically leave it up to the banks to determine what is or what, what is not an illegal gambling site. And that's kind of a ridiculous burden that's put on the, put on the banks. It's going to cost them millions, maybe even $100 million or more for the industry to go and put into, first of all, do all the research and then put into place all the controls they need to be able to stop the transactions, and um, most banks are going to end up stopping more transactions. Um, there's been some cases of banks that have been stopping transactions for state lotteries um, because they just want to actually be extra careful. They, they're overblocking, and um, it's not good for the banking industry, and it's not good for the legal um, forms of gambling that that, ta- that does take place on the internet. So there's one bill that. Uh, is going to um, look at the regulations. But um, there's a second bill put forth by Barney Frank that is going uh, is going to set up a licensing and regulating system for online gambling sites. And um, that that bill, hopefully sometime next year, will get, uh, get out of committee and, and will be debated and hopefully voted on in the full House and the Senate and, and get passed. Now, there's a version in the Senate that uh, looks like it's going to be a skill games only uh, bill that's going to set up something similar, but only for games of skill, not for all casino games. And, you know, that's fine. As a poker player, of course, I'm most concerned about being able to play poker poker online. But, you know, there are obviously going to be some people that are going to complain and um, who who uh, like to play bingo online or um, slot machines or blackjack, those kind of casino games. Um, to, uh, but right now, it's not really clear what is going to happen, what the final bill is going to look like. And that hopefully we'll, we'll find that out, figure that all out within the next uh, six months to a year. Okay, so our general message is support us on legislation as it develops as opposed to vote next Tuesday in favor of X bill that we want signed by the president. Things are not imminent. We're building up pressure for people to do the right thing when it happens in the legislative process, but that process is unfolding over months, not over weeks. Is that fair to say? the time, actually, to start writing letters to your congressman is now. Right. Go and look up, uh, go to the, the PPA's website. They have a lot of tools. Go to the www.nationalpokerweek.com, and there's information there about what you can do to help us send letters and emails to your congresspeople. Um, call them up, make visits. You can visit them uh, in your home district. If you happen to find out that you're going to be in Washington, D.C. for some reason and they're in session, you can try and make an appointment to talk to your congressperson or a member of their staff yourself. And all of the congresspeople, I mean, they obviously want to get reelected. And every single piece of contact they make with um, someone from their district, they, they 
translate that into votes. So I want, what we need to do is make sure that they're aware that there are a lot of votes from poker players in their district, um, and hope, hopefully that they'll come on board. They'll they'll support they'll support the bills for for uh, legalizing and regulating online poker, and that they'll uh, eventually bring it to a vote and vote on it. I want to underscore what you're saying, Andy. I've been a lobbyist. I've been a union representative. I'm still a union representative. And I have met with many, many state legislators and congressmen for different issues. And what you're saying is so true. Uh, A lot of the time, congressmen maybe don't respect, in general, poker players thinking that they tend not to be political. But in this instance, we can really surprise Congress by showing them how political how active our members can be. I I understand and I participated in distributing and signing this online petition that was being organized by the PPA. Now, in the press releases I read, it said that it was going to be presented to the president or was planned to be presented to the president on July 22nd, which we are taping this show, but that was a couple of days ago, and that the name poker players were going to be there to present it. Did that happen? And uh, tell us about it. what happened, if it did it, if it didn't, what else is planned? Well, I am not sure if it was presented uh, personally to him. I know that uh, they were working on trying to get uh, a lot of uh, uh, to, to to get through to the president and try to get a meeting with him or uh, with an opportunity per, to present him with the uh, all the names on the petition. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get. I don't think we actually got a face to face meeting. I think he was but busy with been, other things. Yes. No, I mean, and that's one of the things. I mean, yes, poker is uh, it, it means a lot to a lot of people, but Congress, of course, has other things that they need to deal with. Um, so. You know, we understand that, but we still, we're still we still not just sitting idly by and say, oh, when you're done with everything else, you can go to poker. Because the fact is, we'll never be done with everything else. There'll always be some other big emergency thing that they need to deal with. Poker really is an issue that they should just, it, to me, it seems like a no-brainer. It's a win-win for everybody. It's going to make the poker players happy. It's going to raise revenue. It'll make the uh, NFL happy to have uh uh, a law that that uh, is better at preventing sports betting online. It's going to make the sports bettors probably unhappy, but they'll, some of them will probably figure out a way around it. <laughs> to be honest, but I um, I think uh, this is a bill that should pass, and we should just do it and get it over with, so they can go back and work on other things. I agree. If they wanted to do it, if they had the uh, incentive to do it, they could do it quickly and be done with it, as opposed to having it hanging over every congressman and senator being hounded by it until something does get done, which is what you and I and our listeners are going to try to do, is to hound people until they actually just do the right thing. Did you notice, by the way, I'm just curious, uh, a couple of things, Andy. First of all, did you notice or hear about any organized opposition that's doing the same thing as we are but from the other side? We didn't hear about too much organized opposition. There's... um, um, there's been one casino owner that I've heard that's that's against it, Steve Wynn. Although you know, I'm hopeful that he'll eventually change his tune. But uh, he's come up. He came up in a couple of a uh, couple of uh, meetings that we had, or just uh, chatting on the side. There um, was some question up from the states that have Indian gaming about how the Indian gaming interests will feel about this. I think they're probably mixed. About us, they don't really have much of a position. I think they, they've seen in the past, at least the, the intelligent casino owners have seen in the past how online poker has actually helped the casino industry. Um, and, you know, there is, of course, the religious-based, uh, moral-based opposition to any forms of, of uh, gambling, and they consider poker to be gambling, even though we consider it to be a game of skill. Right. But I think the bills, some of the bills that are in place may, um, are, if, if they're really concerned with problem gamblers, be better to have this bill in there than, than have the current state of affairs. Because then there'll be controls and there'll be rules put in place for how casinos are supposed to be do, deal with problem gamblers and children, underage gambling. And, you know, right now the state, the, uh, the online sites, some of them do a very good job, uh, 
added. I mean, I know Full Tilt Poker, for example, there's a pull-down menu that you can use in, you know, seconds. Have Restrict yourself for anywhere from 24 hours to six months. And, um, you know, you can't do that in real life. You go, can't, it's not easy to do in a casino to restrict yourself and have it enforced. Absolutely. So the sites are pretty responsible. They can be a lot more responsible. The entire industry will be better off if we get the laws changed. I agree. I mean, it seems to me that the, the skill exemption legislation works for all parties because those that are really concerned about the proliferation of gambling everywhere could put up a, an iron wall against all other forms of Internet gambling. They wouldn't be harassed and bothered anymore by the millions of poker players who at least will have their activity uh, allowed so we no longer have an incentive to legalize gambling for all activities on the Internet. And if you look historically, Andy, I, I, you mentioned something that I've often thought was made perfect sense, which is the, uh, you know, the influx of new poker players because of Internet poker into casinos seems obvious to me. What may have been a declining industry, I mean, I don't know how many new players there would have been to roulette and craps and slot machines were it not for the millions of new poker players that we kind of birthed because of the Internet. So an online, I mean, a, a brick-and-mortar casino, Indian gaming, I think they would see this as something that has helped their industry, that it doesn't take people away from casinos. It just produces more people interested in visiting casinos. Anyway, that's my right, right. speechification. I, I have a, uh, actually a technical question that the few of us in the world that don't play on the Internet all the time, don't play poker on the Internet all the time, I'm wondering how, with the UIGEA, somebody who does not currently have an account on Full Tilt or Poker Stars or any of the other U.S.-friendly online poker places, how do they get their money to set up an account and start playing? Well, you know, I haven't had to do that in a long time, so I really, unfortunately or fortunately, can't answer your question. <laughs> I'm, I might be a little bit reluctant to anyway. I mean, the way some of these laws are written in some of the states, just even even our conversation up to this point could be deemed illegal in a state like Washington yeah. State. Right. In fact, maybe the FCC is monitoring this show to see whether to pull our license uh, if we get into how, <laughs> to, never know. how to circumvent the law. Um if you don't mind, I had one personal uh, interest in something that you are active in, and I would like to spend a few minutes just asking you about it. I understand, and I, I saw on the Internet, you and I actually had a brief exchange, that you collect poker books. Can you tell us about your collection? Because I, I find that to be fascinating, you know, when the first poker book was written and how much literature there is and references to poker. Do you actually do you do that? Did I have that right? Yes, yes, I do. I've got... Uh... Well, probably close to 200 books right now. And it all started um, a couple of years ago at the World Series. Um, I was talking with Howard Letter, and he was just wondering how much would a first edition of David Skolansky's, um Hold'em Poker go for? And if you're not familiar with that, it's actually a pretty small pamphlet. It's got a pretty ugly yellowish right. cover with a couple of guns on the cover. Yes, was it and, from uh, Gambler's Book Club? Did they print it for him, or was it even before that edition? Uh, I think it was actually 2 Plus 2 Publishing then, but it may have been through Gambler's Book Club. I don't remember 100% sure what the uh, publishing of that was. So, you know, from there I went online, I, I uh, did some searches, and I found a couple of copies for sale. And I actually had to buy like three or four before I found the actual first edition with the you know the initial price tag and the printing errors and all that stuff. But I was able <laughs> to find it eventually, and you know through that I was just started looking for other old poker books. And I have I have uh, quite a few books actually from the 1800s. Some of the first uh, printed mentions of draw poker and um, poker in general, and. Uh, it's really been quite interesting in hearing about how poker, how prolific pro poker was um, in the 1800s, um, especially in Washington, D.C., by the way, where the Congress people would play a lot of poker while they were sitting around waiting 
for votes. It wasn't like it is today where it's easy for Congress people to fly back and forth to their home districts, even if it's as far away as California. They would uh, spend months at a time in Washington, D.C. So they had, uh, uh, you know, and often without their family being close by, so they had a lot of free time and a lot of time to uh, do things like play poker in between. Are you still looking for any particular books, or have you pretty much got all the books that there are to get in the uh, in the narrow genre that you collect? Oh, oh, there there are more books to get. Um, I've gotten pretty much all the books that are easily available, or that were easily available on um, some of the used bookstore sites on the internet. And I still monitor eBay and buy a few books here and every now and then, and look for other books. Uh, there, there. Most of the books uh, were pretty cheap. You know, some anywhere from like ten to a hundred, maybe two hundred dollars. Occasionally, there's a couple of books that go for quite uh, a lot more than that. That that are rare. That you know, I'm waiting to see them go go for sale on eBay or uh, be listed on some of the other sites. Mm. How much was it for the first edition uh, Sklansky uh, Holden Poker book? Just out of curiosity. Uh, that was. Probably, I don't know, probably around like $40 oh. <laughs> when I found it. Uh-huh, but um, now so, it's probably... So I ended up, I have uh, probably about six different versions um, in my collection now. I'll probably have to, probably decide to get rid of all my extras at some point. But, you know, you may or may not be able to find it. There's a, a slight um, printing difference in the price. Um, um, it's a little bit different in the, in the uh, on the cover. And most of the time, when it's listed for sale, there's a, they don't really give an accurate description of the cover, so you don't know which one you're going to get. And you can try and ask the uh, the person who's selling it, but um, you know that takes some time too. Do you have a ready market uh, in David Sklansky? I imagine he didn't have a copy of his uh, very first edition. I'm just guessing. Do you do you have a conversation well, with him about it? <laughs> he, he does have a copy of it, but I did uh, show him my copy on um, the. Uh, on an episode of Poker After Dark that we we were both in, <laughs> and uh, he was pretty impressed. And I think it almost brought a tear into to his eyes. He's actually <laughs> in pretty good condition, and and I think he said something like, "I've never seen a copy other than my own like in such good condition of the the first edition." So, you know, and he instantly recognized it as one of the the very first ones that were printed. Wow, that's. Do you also have? I'm, I'm sure you do. The original. Um version of Super System, you know, how I made a million dollars playing poker. Do you have that? Yes, I have an original copy of that. I want to get a better copy, I think. But uh, the, those that book actually can go for quite a lot. There weren't too many of them printed, and they were pretty expensive um, when they were first when they were first printed. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I don't mean to belabor something that maybe um, our, our less bibliographic listeners don't care about, but I'm fascinated by this. What would you say is the most valuable poker book in your collection, if you if you know? Um, geez, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I have a couple of uh, a couple of books from the 1800s that are probably near the top top of the list. Um, I. You know, there, there's a couple of uh, expensive books that, that I haven't gotten. One was for, like, a couple of thousand dollars, I, can, I think. It was just a small pamphlet um, that was uh, printed, published by uh, General um, uh, Robert Schenck back oh, in the, uh, like around 1870, 1880s, when um, he, he was a U.S. ambassador to England uh, or I'm not sure if he was the ambassador, but whatever he uh, he had introduced poker to uh, to uh, I think uh, a duke, a duchess. Right, that's and, right. Um, had printed up uh, printed up a, a little guide for it, and then when he got to the, back to the United States, he he published it. And you know there were only a handful of copies in uh, in libraries around, and you know, I did see one briefly that went on sale um, for more than I was willing to pay at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. When it, it's uh you know when you when you can pick up a lot of books even some books from the 1800s for you know 100 100 bucks and then you know here's one that's only about like 18 pages long <laughs> and they're asking like 500 dollars a page it's kind of 
kind of uh, seems a little bit overpriced. Right. Well, just for our listeners who just tuned in, we're talking with Andy Block. And uh, just before we go, Andy, can you give, again, an admonition, uh, some direction to our listeners about what they need to do to make poker fully legal and accessible on the Internet regarding uh, the campaign that the Poker Players Alliance is running? You want to just tell them directly what they should do? Well, what they need to find out what their congresspeople, what their what their stand is on the issue, and if they support us, they need to thank them for it and 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 encourage them whenever they have the opportunity to keep up the support and to push these bills forward. If they're on the fence or they're against us, they need to keep the pressure on them to come around and um, talk to them, let them know how many people, um, how many people in their district, how many voters they're affecting by their decision and and how many voters would change their vote if they uh if they change uh their their position and support us well there you have it right directly from andy block uh, just to make it simple for folks all you have to do is go on houseofcardsradio.com we will have links to the ppa links to the petition uh, all sorts of links that you can just click on that are very very simple directing you to your legislator letters you can write and uh, petitions you can sign. Andy, thank you. You've been a wonderful guest. Feel free to come on anytime there's a break in the legislative action and you want to uh, tell our listeners what's going on. Okay, thank you for having me. Thank you. That was Andy Block. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be back after the break. Hi, everyone. This is Ashley Adams from House of Cards, and I want to talk to you about Phantom EFX, the world's number one developer and publisher of casino games for your PC. Whether you want slots, card games, or casino games, Phantom EFX has something for you. If you are looking for a deeper experience, you should check out Phantom EFX's newest innovative casino game, Real Deal Live Online. Create a custom avatar, immerse yourself in their virtual world online casino, and become a renowned gambling tycoon. Just go to phantomefx.com for all the details and a free trial. That's right. Phantom EFX is letting you play the game for free. And no real money is ever wagered in any Phantom EFX game. So there's nothing to lose. If you have questions about their products, log on to the website and head to the forums where Phantom EFX takes great pride in answering questions, chatting, and just having fun. Let Phantom EFX take care of all your casino game needs when you can't get out to Las Vegas. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask me, they could be strategy questions, they could be practical questions about where and how to find a game, Um, it could be a question of uh, you're coming to Boston and you want to play, we have a... uh, an internet site that you can go to, an address that you can go to, pose your question, and if we use it on the air, you will get a free copy of my book, Winning Low Limit, No Limit, Texas Hold'em. So the site or the address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at houseofcardsradio.com, info at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me your question or questions. And again, if we use it on the air, you will have won a free book. And also, if you want, we'll use your name and uh, you'll have instant fame in the poker world. Great moments in history. In 1 million B.C., early man discovers fire, only to have it stolen by a rival clan member. What are we going to do? It's no use. Rod did a masterful job of f***ing us. June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Poker players, listen up. Your right to play poker continues to come under attack. But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. 
We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love. Hey, you serious about poker? Then winning 7-Card Stud by Ashley Adams is a must-have for stud players of all levels. In winning 7-Card Stud, the World Series of Poker Veteran takes you through a series of lessons and strategies designed to make you a better player in all phases of your game. The techniques of betting, what cards to play, how to read the other players, the art of bluffing. You'll learn to master them all. Winning 7-Card Stud by professional poker player Ashley Adams. Available at Amazon.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. I'm going to fold. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm still in. Cruz, how about you? Maybe I should fold. Well, let me see. Let me see first. No, not with a hand like that. Come on. Dare me. Go on. Bluff me. Come on. How much should I bet? If it were me, I'd bet everything. But that's me. I'm an aggressive gambler. Mr. Vegas. Come on. Go for it. Go for it. Yes, yes. There we go. I'm in. <clears throat> what do you got? Well, I got a full house. Three threes and two sixes. That's a full house. What have you got? Well, you have fours, I got an ace. You got an ace, got an eight, and a seven. Well, you lose, you see. If you would have had four fours, you would have won. <laughs> You're getting good I'm at this, aren't you? Hang on, you like it? Isn't this fun? Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. I am joined in studio now by my producer, Dave Weishattle, for my favorite segment, the Phantom EFX Mailbag. And remember, Phantom EFX is the largest PC gaming publisher in the world. Okay, what do we have for questions this week? Well, I think it's because we're coming right off of Poker Week that everyone is asking about the UIGEA, which is the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act. Basically, everyone wants to know, what is your opinion? What do you think is the future of this act? I I think that uh, just based on listening to Andy and doing some Googling around and talking to uh, John Pappas of the PPA in the past, we are going to succeed in either overturning the entire UIGEA, but more likely I think we will carve out an exemption for the skill game of poker so that we will not be subject to the unfair restrictions uh, that we are currently subjected to, which is basically not allowing us to fund online Internet poker. I think we will eventually overturn it. I know that Barney Frank is working hard, that the a delegation from Massachusetts is behind him. I think it's 100%. I know my congressman, Stephen Lynch, is. And uh, Senators Kennedy and Kerry are also supportive. So I, I think we will eventually succeed, though it may not be until 2010, may not be till late 2010. I, people always come up to me and tell me, you know, the enforcement of this act, how, how does that take place? And, you know, I have no answer for them. I mean, how... It, for a law to be really effective and appropriate, it has to be enforceable. It, how do you see over the past two years or three years that this has been out? How has this been enforced? And is that that is the huge failure? I don't know. I, I I think the huge failure was the passage of it in the first place. But I think one of the obvious failures is that it's so nebulous. The regulations are unenforceable. Uh, they're leaving it to the banks themselves to determine what sites they fund and don't cite. And frankly, I think that's how players do get around it. Andy didn't know. But what I've heard is that if you want to fund Full Tilt or Poker Stars or any of the other sites that operate in the United States, you can actually do a bank transfer. But what happens is that Full Tilt, maybe I shouldn't be releasing this information, I'm sure it's well known, that Full Tilt or Poker Stars disguises themselves, which is not that hard to do, so somebody essentially transfers money to the Lucky Shamrock Corporation or to uh, Bob's Flowers or uh, Tommy's Diner. And who's going to know that Tommy's Diner is just a pseudonym for Full Tilt Poker? So you send you know, $600. They figure it's just a, you're catering a bar mitzvah or something. Well, maybe you'll know more about this than I will. 
I've heard that now they're starting to use agents. That if you win money on a online site, an agent is hired. So the online site pays an agent, and you get the money from the agent. So you can say, no, I didn't get the money from the site. I got the money from this guy, this agent. So I didn't get it playing poker. I've I've heard <laughs> yeah, something well, like that. It's, what you're saying is just a, a somewhat uh, different version of having a middleman. Uh, if you have an Internet gambling site that you can't deal with, you deal with a person maybe in another country who can deal with the Internet gambling site. You just deal with him, and then he deals with them. And then when he gets money from them, he sends it to you. And when you want money to go to that site, you send it to him. And so he works as a middleman. I, I frankly don't know. I, um, I haven't had to fund my Internet sites, my Internet accounts for quite a long time. I'm a winning player, and I just you know, the money just grows. I don't have to worry about diminishing it, uh, it diminishing and having to replenish it. So I don't really know the answer. Um, I know that I had to go up to Canada to set up a bank account to get paid by a publisher, a gambling publisher, because they didn't want to uh, run afoul of the UIGEA, and they figured the easiest way was to send me money into a Canadian bank account. And this was just for writing. This wasn't gambling, but they they also had gambling that they did, and they figured that they might be blocked. So for whatever reason, the law has to be overturned, and I would just encourage all of our listeners to do the somewhat corny task but important task of contacting their congressman and their senator, finding out where they stand. And as Andy Block said, if they are for us, thank them. And if they are against us, try to change their mind and just at the very least let them know where you stand so that they know that they may lose the support of a constituent over this issue. We're also getting a lot of questions about the PPA and how you would go about joining the BPA and what they do. So it's basically thepPA.org. Yes. Actually, to me, the simplest thing is go to houseofcardsradio.com. There's a big icon for the PPA. Just click on it and do what they say. (laughs) There are actually two levels of membership in the PPA, by the way. Uh, You can be just a member, which is free, or you can be a paying member, which I think it's maybe 20 bucks a year, and it uh, makes you eligible for some free roll tournaments, some special email list, uh, and a couple of other things. Uh, and I encourage everyone to just go onto our site, House of Cards Poker Radio, I'm sorry, houseofcardsradio.com, and uh, look at the PPA icon, click on it, and do what they say. Also, people should know that if they have questions for us, and these are all very good questions, they should send them to us at info at houseofcardsradio.com, info at houseofcardsradio.com. You know, you raise a great point. I didn't even think about that, that the UIGEA is also affecting other businesses associated with the gambling industry that isn't even part of the actual gambling activity itself. I mean, you had problems with oh, the publisher. It's Well, my income... And you know why? This goes yes. back to because it's not a clearly stated law that, you know, no one knows what's illegal or what's illegal or what are the penalties. Right. And It would be like having, which we used to have, laws about uh, obscenity that were so vague that publishers were reluctant to publish anything that might possibly be viewed by anyone as obscene. So... When that's the case, it has a chilling effect not just on real hardcore pornography, but also on true literature like Ulysses, or I don't even want to state what I consider to be true literature, but even the books that are on the very fringes of what some people might think are obscene can't get published because the publisher is very chary about publishing anything that might be deemed illegal down the road. There are other secondary effects, though, by this UIGEA that I have you know, spouted off about, I'll just say them again, since I literally have the microphone right now. Uh, And that is, there was a cottage industry that I participated in, as did many other people, of writing articles about poker and gambling and the poker industry and poker books and the like, um, that was pretty well funded by advertisements that would be taken out by the then legal internet poker sites that could draw on the um, very large U.S. poker playing market. When the UIGEA passed, all of these sites that used to buy my articles and the articles of other poker authors dried up 
because it no longer made sense for the large internet gambling sites to advertise to U.S. players so they wouldn't be putting ads on the sites that would hire me to write for them to attract readers. So all of us were out of luck, either lost our assignments entirely or the, the rates that people are paid now diminished by a factor of 10, um, not to mention all of the uh, computer people, uh, clerical people, office people that are out of work because places that could be cited here are citing overseas in the Isle of Man, Antigua, Costa Rica. So, Well, here's another thing you can add to your list. We're on 1510 in Boston and also WGAM in New Hampshire, and we were specifically told you can't have any gambling sites on. They might be legal, they might not be legal, but we're not sure. There you go. We're we not would have sure. hired some real high-priced producers <laughs> yeah, there you go. instead That's of like, volunteer owners that of the show. That actually got me this job. There <laughs> you go. Right. <laughs> you can't hire anyone good. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. So all sorts of reasons what we need from our listeners is to call your congressman, um, and all you really have to do is go onto our site. You can get links so that you can send letters. We even have sample letters up. And if you have any specific questions about how to do it and you can't figure it out, info at houseofcardsradio.com. I'm happy to respond to you personally. And check out the PPA. They're doing a great job, and they're uh, really getting the uh, really getting the word out, especially this week. Yes, and, uh, I think so. Um, that concludes this episode of House of Cards. We urge you to come back next week and uh, listen again. We'll have more interesting guests and exciting poker talk. Good night and good luck. Poker players, listen up. Your right to play poker continues to come under attack. But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides. But we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love. Hey there, folks. Aaron Sherman here, CEO of Phantom EFX. We make the number one slot and casino games for your PC. Number one. Now, how great would it be to hit the tables or slots this weekend in Las Vegas? Can't afford it? Or even if you can, you got to try our games. Now, I know you may be thinking, ooh, a slot game or ooh, a casino game. How real can it be? But you have no idea how real the experience is until you play these games. Whether you want slots, cards, or casino games, we've got it all. And trust me, it's as real as it gets. That's why we're number one, baby. You just have to check out our new newest games led by Real Deal Slots Blackbeard's Revenge. I'm telling you guys, this game is the ultimate slot experience. It's already number one in its category and it's been made by guys that love slot machines. We also have our brand new casino and card game titles. You can check them out in stores or at PhantomEFX.com. You never have to wager anything on a Phantom EFX game. you got to check out all these great games and all of our other great products at PhantomEFX.com. Ooh, another jackpot! I got another jackpot! Woohoo! Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask me, they could be strategy questions, they could be practical questions about where and how to find a game, um, it could be a question of uh, you, you're coming to Boston and you want to play, we have a uh, an Internet site that you can go to, an address that you can go to, pose your question, and if we use it on the air, you will get a free copy of my book, Winning Low Limit, No Limit, Texas Hold'em. So the site or the address is info, that's I-N-F-O, at houseofcardsradio.com. Info 
at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me your question or questions. And again, if we use it on the air, you will have won a free book. And also, if you want, we'll use your name and uh, you'll have instant fame in the poker world. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.